Hello, this is Viola Strepsada Voltarine, and you're listening to Obedient Love. In my last podcast, I talked about my core philosophy underlying service, and I outlined some ways in which you can be useful to a specific woman at home through sexual service, pampering, and domestic service. Now, I want to talk about the other two realms of service to women. These realms take your commitment to female domination out of your private life and make it into a philosophy that you can live and embody every day. You can do this casually without drawing too much attention to your underlying motivations, and you can go as far as you feel comfortable. You can deepen your submission and express it in ways that are of real service. If you are like many subs, once you've experienced that subby feeling, you want more and more until you find you are wanting it all the time. You are consumed by it, and you like it that way. And truth be known, those subby feelings can have a positive impact, and they harm absolutely no one. Feeling submissive is addictive, in a sense, but not in the same way as alcohol, which in excess is bad for your health and affects your ability to function. You have my permission to follow your addiction to subspace to its deepest depths, knowing that you will actually be making your life better and may even be improving the lives of others. It's one addiction that you can indulge in to extremes. Go off the deep end. The only thing it might destroy is an ego that was standing in your way of experiencing real transcendence. Ego annihilation is the aspiration of many religions and spiritual practices. Monks spend their lives trying to get there. Saints are revered for it. Experiencing the heart free of the impediment of ego is the purpose of service. And the feeling it creates is your brain's way of telling you you need this, you want this, and you're on the right track. Subspace is your doorway to bliss. So when you're ready, you can take that feeling out of the private meditative space of home and extend it outward. This can be scary and exciting all at once, but it is the natural progression of your submissiveness. That said, some of you are not going to be ready for this, especially the last part of this talk, especially if you are deeply immersed in and devoted to the status quo. First, be a submissive in the street. And by this I mean in your everyday interactions out in public. When it comes to serving a particular dominant, I suggest having a set of public protocols which keep you in your place and generate those submissive feelings. Things like carrying her bags when shopping, never walking ahead of her, and following a set of hand signals in social situations. One hand signal may indicate to stay closely by her side, another to leave her to socialize on her own. Another might indicate it's time to leave, and still another might mean fetch me a drink. These are things which you should work out specifically with her so everything runs smoothly between the two of you, as if you're acting as one singular organism. As dominance, do administer discipline if he misses your cues. You want them to become automatic and effortless for both of you. 
In serving a particular woman, keep in mind that you represent her authority over you. If you want her to look good, you be well-groomed and neat. Pay attention to basic hygiene, check your breath, and leave people around you, especially women, feeling happy to interact with you. Be pleasant and never rude or pushy. Wait to be asked questions before talking about yourself. A lot of men make the nervous mistake of rambling on about their own lives or their own interests. Ask open-ended questions that allow others to open up to you. You don't have to agree with all their opinions, but asking them to explain them can be a fun exercise. Above all else, give women room to speak. Never talk over or interrupt any woman or over-explain things to her in a condescending manner. Avoid the annoying habits women have endured and politely put up with for way too long. And remember these points even when your mistress is not around. Remember that as women, we're on alert for any sign of threat. If you become aggressive or indignant, it can be perceived as danger. Even if you're having an interaction which makes you annoyed or angry, keep your cool and express your disdain at a situation by talking about how you feel rather than lashing out. It's always better to be able to ask for empathy or explain what you're going through rather than yell or explode. There are times to speak in strong terms, of course. When you hear another man expressing any kind of misogyny, you should firmly speak against it. If a male friend objectifies a woman, a simple, don't do that, that's creepy, will signal that you're not the man to bond with over that kind of behavior. The more men who raise the standards and the more men who set the example of speaking about and speaking to women in a way that acknowledges their humanity, the better conditions will become for women. You can be of service simply by changing the atmosphere. Also, never touch a woman without permission and ask a woman if she's okay with it if you see any other man getting handsy. Gauge her reactions, and if you see a woman stiffly tolerating unwanted touch, step in and simply talk to her. No need to confront the man, as it's her you are concerned for. Are you okay with him doing that? Is a good intercept. And adding, because it would make me feel a little uncomfortable, takes the onus off of her. It may make the man annoyed with you, but know that you've just made a woman's life a little bit easier. Now, let me clarify, this doesn't mean we women need you to play white knight, as they say. I know that the stereotypical macho, is this guy bothering you, can be a sign of a secondary predator moving in on a vulnerable target. You can do this without being creepy yourself and while respecting her agency and her ability to take care of herself. There's this pamphlet going around on how to help when Muslims are being harassed in a public setting. And it can work really well for women being encroached upon by an aggressive man as well. The instructions are to simply start a conversation while ignoring the harasser. While feigning familiarity and ignoring the predator, you can diffuse the situation. Don't persist with it too long, but do tell the woman quietly that you'll hang out nearby if she needs an out. 
So just to give an example, you notice a woman in a social setting is looking a little timid while an aggressor actively engages her. She's being polite, but something tells you she just wishes this guy would go away. Step up to her and say something like, Hey, didn't I see you at that thing over at Rachel's place? It's Rob, remember me? If she's relieved and receptive, make small talk for a minute. Remember not to get handsy as that comes off as you trying to mark your territory and it will likely be very unwelcome. Again, ignore the other guy. He's going to be angry, but unless he's very drunk, he'll tolerate your short interaction, interrupting him briefly. As you walk away, quietly say where he can't hear you, if you need an excuse to break away, I'll be right over there. Leave it at that. You've now handed her an easy tactic to step away gracefully. Women can easily do this for one another too, and we often do. If you didn't know this, some of us even have a set of secret hand signals to say, get me away from this guy. Because most of us have experienced negative consequences of injuring a guy's big, fragile ego. Often, it will cause him to become more aggressive. And so, just finding a safe route out is a good tactic. Of course, if a woman seems to have everything under control, she's enjoying herself, being actively flirtatious with someone, there's zero need to step in. In fact, interrupting her flirtations would be very rude. Remember, you're not policing, but rather acting as a support to a woman's will and desires. This is the kind of service in the street that a lot of women could really use. First, change the environment of misogyny by making it clear to others that you speak to women and about women as human beings and not objects. And secondly, provide helpful ways for women to extract themselves from discomfort and even danger. You will, of course, still experience all those sexual thoughts about women. I'm sure we all have such thoughts about one another, regardless of gender. But expressing these thoughts, unless within the confines of an intimate relationship, is bound to make women feel creeped out by you. So keep it in the spirit of service, guys. When I talk about DS, I talk about it in terms of how it can permeate your entire life. I don't think of it as something limited to sexual play between partners. I ask a lot of the men who serve me. I ask them to think of themselves as existing in the world to serve women in general and support female authority. Perhaps this is why I've made FLR my lifestyle rather than relegating it to an intimate pastime. It feels both natural but also a little bit revolutionary considering the history of women's struggles. So let's talk about the third area of service, which I've referred to as the system. This is the broader social and political environment of the entire world, really. It involves policies and modes of living that specifically affect women. I may have mentioned that I consider myself a gynarchist and that I distinguish my philosophy of gynarchy from that of female supremacy. I don't wish to apply that term to myself, as for me, female supremacy implies that women are naturally or biologically superior to men, and therefore men are inferior or incomplete beings and should act as such. Female supremacists will cite biological advantages women have, they'll talk about genetics and the role of testosterone on behavior and brain function. But 
I'm of the opinion, having fully explored these ideas, that any evidence of biological superiority is spurious. It doesn't hold up. And further, that an attachment to a binary model of sex or gender is actually patriarchal in nature. It was invented to distinguish the underclass from the ruling class based on who has a penis and who doesn't. And it's still an entirely male-centric perspective. Now, this is my opinion, of course. But wait, isn't gynarchy the same thing but in reverse? Aren't I advocating for women to be the ones in power at men's expense? And the answer to that is no, and yes, and no. <laughs> I'm writing a book called 150 Years of Gynarchy. What I am advocating in this book is not just a flip of the script, it's a full rewrite. As you'll come to understand, the ultimate goal of my plan is to correct the psychological effects of patriarchy through mental, emotional, and spiritual reprogramming of individuals, and by extension, the cultures we create. These effects are deeply ingrained. They're personal, sexual, social, and systemic. There is not one aspect of our lives that is not colored by the assumption that men should naturally dominate everyone else. If you don't believe me, look at how male legislators try to control our bodies. Look at the number of women who endure violence and are murdered at the hands of their intimate partners. Look at how men in the entertainment industry actively shut out non-men from just about every role that doesn't allow them to objectify us. Look at something as simple and everyday as the way you can recover your bank password by giving your mother's maiden name. The name she was born with is the forgotten name, both because it's unimportant, but also because she never really had a name of her own. It belonged to her father and his father before him. It's patriarchal. In my book, I will be arguing that the change we need involves a complete overhaul of the system, but in the meantime, I give step-by-step -step instructions on how to begin the process of change. I estimate it will take many generations, at least 150 years, to change our collective psyche. If there is such a thing as Jung's collective unconscious, ours is programmed with endless messages of male superiority, reinforced by the way we think and act. It's in the stories we tell and the relationships we form. So, I've given you practical ways to serve at home and in your day-to-day -day relations in public, how can you personally be of service right now in this broader arena of the system? First, educate yourself on how the patriarchy works to disempower everyone who's not a man. Read. I always encourage people to educate themselves because the discourse going on in the mainstream is superficial at best. It hums along without challenging patriarchal structures supported by the media and entertainment industry. A good place to start is to read books by contemporary feminists, which have been built upon decades of women getting together to theorize and find solutions. In Seven Necessary Sins for Women and Girls, the author Mona El-Tahawi goes in depth in regards to the major avenues of control of women, from how we speak to how we're encouraged to sublimate our sexual pleasure. 
1990, the feminist Sylvia Walby laid out six areas of patriarchal oppression in her book, Theorizing Patriarchy, and these are still relevant now. To deny patriarchy exists is to deny history, to deny that patriarchy is still the underlying power structure is to live in a completely parallel reality where women are not struggling still for equal treatment. Even the men who benefit from it have ceased to spout off denials and now openly fear what happens when we smash the systems and structures that uphold their dominance. Here's a quote from an article by Charlotte Higgins in The Guardian in 2018 titled The Age of Patriarchy. In the course of a passionate speech, Oprah Winfrey told the audience that brutally powerful men had broken something in culture. These men had caused women to suffer, not only actors, but domestic workers, factory workers, agricultural workers, athletes, soldiers, and academics. The fight against this broken culture, she said, transcended geography, race, religion, politics, and workplace. Bannon, Donald Trump's former chief strategist, was one of 20 million Americans watching. In his view, the scene before him augured the beginning of a revolution, quote, even more powerful than populism, according to his biographer Joshua Green. It's deeper, it's primal, it's elemental, it's anti-patriarchy, Bannon declared. If you rolled out a guillotine, they'd chop off every set of balls in the room. Women are going to take charge of society, and they couldn't juxtapose a better villain than Trump. He's the patriarch. He concluded, The anti-patriarchy movement is going to undo 10,000 years of recorded history. Now, as much as I hate to agree with Bannon on anything, he's absolutely correct. We are. And it's about damn time. In the book titled Feminism for the 99%, the authors make a distinction between neoliberal corporate feminism, which only advocates for a small elite group of women to have a portion of the power, a bigger piece of the pie, so to speak, as opposed to the new more radical feminist strikes in Argentina and Poland, for example, which seek not to reform, but to restructure the system itself to fit a more cooperative and essentially more feminine philosophy. The book goes into detail about the concept of social reproduction. As women, we are needed not only to reproduce human beings to become workers in the current system, but to reproduce human beings who will carry in them a sense of what is a normal and correct way to live and function. We are needed to reproduce the ideology of our own oppression. This is why you will find women who reject feminism even though it's working in their best interests. If we, as the ones who create life, can also create and reproduce a new ideology, which does not rely upon the oppression of anyone, it will inevitably spread as the norm. So, educate yourself. Secondly, men need to find their gynarch. This can be your intimate partner or any woman willing to take up a leadership role to act as your guide. Listen to her, follow her, find out what she needs, and make sure she has it. Simple. Third, in areas where you have power or privilege, use that to uplift women. If you have a platform, use it to amplify feminist voices. 
Go beyond mere equal treatment and play favorites. Give women more attention, more time, and more resources. Center them in your life. Remember, we are trying to find balance before we can ever achieve real equality. We must upset the status quo in drastic ways. Go out of your way to counter anything that stands in a woman's way. And finally, embrace the feminine. Reject the idea that to be a man means to avoid anything that may make you seem like a woman. Reject the binary. Realize that other genders don't revolve around maleness, that other sexualities don't revolve around straightness. The world doesn't have to revolve around straight men. Masculinity is not the absence of femininity. It is a complementary set of characteristics that are apparent in everyone. Some men are able to do this by redefining their masculinity to fit them better. Others find feminization helps them immensely in throwing off the repressive roles and characteristics which have been imposed upon them from the outside by patriarchal ideals. Wherever you fit on that spectrum, actively stop yourself from thinking of masculinity as the rejection of the feminine. Stop rejecting the feminine. Now, here's the real fuck you to the patriarchy and the real way to help in supporting women's power. Understand that women don't owe you anything for having served us in these ways. Nothing. Not a smile, nor a word. Not praise or acknowledgement as if this is some great accomplishment. We are undoing thousands of years of programming, so we realize that this stuff takes work on your part. And it's only right that you do the work in the spirit of selfless service. Experience the heart without it being overshadowed by ego. Because male ego is what got us into this unequal place to begin with. And I have to emphasize that you can do this and be a doormat if that's your thing, or you can do this as a form of rebellion and resistance based on deeply held beliefs that women deserve and are worthy of holding power. You can do it because you crave being crushed and sublimated, or you can do it because you're here to fight tooth and nail for gynarchy. Maybe it will be a bit of both. Either way, whatever your own motivation, the effect is the same. If you're centering your cravings still, then the doormat thing is going to have to be your gateway. Now, I can't speak for all women, but I look forward to the day when your reasons are based on nobler motivations. But wherever you are right now in regard to your motives, get on your knees and crawl behind me, and I can lead you in the right direction. So this is a lot of heavy stuff to digest, and all of this in a podcast dedicated to something as seemingly playful as kink. But chances are, once you experience the nature of subspace, you're going to long to go deeper and deeper as time goes on. I'm just lighting that path for you. And once you're ready to step onto it, once you're utterly bewitched and hooked on femdom and DS, I'll be here to guide you. <laughs>